Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, and I help LGBTQ people use their difference to make a difference in the world through critical self-reflection, personal responsibility, and intelligent leadership. I'm a coach, a deep thinker, and the creator and editor of Think Queerly on Medium. You can find out everything about me and how we can work together on DarrenSteele.com. So in today's episode, I'm going to continue my discussion about queer leadership, and I'm looking at an evolutionary and humanitarian approach to leadership and how we further queer leadership and what that means. So in episode 99, I started this discussion, this way of living out leadership, a new way forward for LGBT Q people, this living document and think tank or approach that I'm working on, looking at it as a multidisciplinary, intersectional approach to all the various challenges and open questions that we see in the world today. And how do we as queer people use our difference to make a difference? Because our difference does make a difference in how we see and perceive the world and the actions that we take and the more cognizant we are, the more aware we are of what those unique gifts and superpowers are, the better we can harness them to make the change that we wish to see in the world. So let's get into it. Possibly the most important and vital quality in a leader is integrity. Now, we can demonstrate integrity with honesty and strong moral principles. But integrity is a very challenging quality to uphold. You know, sometimes you need to make a decision, one that may seem like the right one at the time. Maybe you don't even second guess the decision. But if others question your decision after the fact, but you can't share your reasons why you did what you did, does that make you dishonest as a leader? Well, as you know, I love dictionary and etymological definitions and the, the understanding the meaning, the root of words and where they come from as a way to sort of expand how we understand and use a word and what it really means in the largest semantic word field to give us the entire picture of, you see, a word on its own, if you don't really think about it, may seem to have a singular meaning. But because we have understood and used this word through years and decades of living, we may not understand the complexities and, and the concepts and perhaps even some of the philosophical leanings that a word can potentiate. It's how we understand the world. So the etymology of integrity is this, and it comes from about the 1400s. Innocence, blamelessness, chastity, purity, and then from the old French or directly from the Latin, integritatum, soundness, wholeness, completeness, and then figuratively, purity, correctness, blamelessness, and from integer, meaning whole. 
So keep those in mind when I said earlier, if you have to make a decision that you think is the right decision and you had to lead with that, but others think you're being dishonest, does that actually make you dishonest if you can't share the reasons for your decision? This leads into a story that I want to tell you about when it seemed to me that I did the right thing, but it was perceived by a group of people as the wrong thing. So in the summer of last year, 2018, I published a particular post about leadership that was sharply criticized by a group of individuals who only a few days earlier were colleagues and supportive of what I was creating. And then suddenly I was no longer in their good graces. Now they had fallen under the spell of someone whom they thought was a leader but this person was actually a bully, leading without any integrity of any kind. That person was out to attack, harass, and defame me for a core decision I had made. But it was also fueled by their vendetta based on something else entirely unrelated that happened between the two of us and really has nothing to do with anything, but also showed a complete lack of professionalism on this person's part. Now, they encouraged groupthink. They did it masterfully in their followers to the extent that not one of the people in this group ventured to ask for my side of the story. They simply went on the attack. And I learned really quickly that in this situation where people were so on the defensive that minds don't change in a fight no matter how hard I tried to explain my position or ask further questions. It was a really important lesson that I had to learn, and it was an example of what felt like leading out of integrity. I made this decision that was based on my moral principles. I conferred with some other people I trusted and knew and, and dug deeper and deeper into this, and I said, yes, yes, this, is, this was the right choice to make. But I still had to make that choice, and I believed it was the best and the rightest thing to do. And part of that choice was based on protecting someone else's character. And I still struggle with that moral question of, was that choice dishonest? How did my intention, my belief that I was protecting someone else's integrity, infect, infect? Hmm, interesting choice of words there. How did that affect my own integrity? So looking back, this situation was just a light bulb that went off and, and, and shone light on the many required qualities of leadership to know not only if or when you've made a wrong decision or that you made a mistake, not for what you said or did, but rather for the qualities you chose at the moment, qualities you chose to lead. So there's a huge space between leading without ethics and leading with integrity. Now, with the latter, leading with integrity, I think it would be hard to say that when others perceive it as wrong, that it isn't really a failure on your part per se, but if upon reflection you feel that you made what you thought was the best choice at the time, 
would that not be leading with or at least towards integrity? Now, rarely are any of our choices perfect. There's maybe one more thing we could close the door on or seal up tightly and, 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 and fix and, and be finished with once and for all. But in leadership, when other people are perhaps following you or looking to you for guidance and mentorship, misunderstandings happen only when there isn't a complete and honest disclosure. But sometimes withholding information is a necessary part of leadership if the choice was well-intentioned but not morally unjustified. So I think morality is really the key element here, but it doesn't make leading any easier when you have to make that difficult decision. Now, individual leadership. Why I'm telling this personal story is to show why individual leadership will never be perfect, and perhaps why individual leadership can be so much more harshly criticized. Because it's one person making a decision, a.k.a. leading, based on a plan. So as I said, we're human. We're not perfect. And even when we do our very best, with the best of intentions, with the information that we have at hand, choosing what we believe are the best qualities and characteristics of leadership and trusting our instincts and hoping we are making both humanitarian and solid moral choices and decisions, mistakes will be made. One group may agree with and support and thank you for your leadership. Another group may gang up on you, assuming the worst about you and your character, your moral upstanding, and your ability to lead. Now, sometimes the most unrecognized form of leadership is when the leader takes full responsibility for the, for the original problem, even when the source of the problem was not their own doing. And here I would suggest the fact that a leader makes mistakes is a vital part of not just their humanity, but for their followers to witness. When we elevate a leader to superhuman status, infallible, into a position where they can do no wrong, we've created the possibility for that leader to dictate, to form ideologies, to possibly influence in a negative way possibly down the line of mental brainwashing. So this brings me into what I'm terming the essentials of an evolutionary and humanitarian leadership, and I don't think that these are absolutely unique to me. I've I've spoken about them before, but I think these are core qualities that we need to look at more deeply and may not be so much individual qualities as Um, qualities of influence on their own in how they help shape and form the, the choices that we make or the other characteristics or qualities of leadership that we might put under these particular core ideas. So 
how can we experience and demonstrate our unique insights and, and gifts as LGBTQ people if we're in an acting leadership capacity, if we're looking to make a difference in the world? Now, if I were to go out, stand in front of a group of people even, and get people from all walks of life and ask the question, so what is leadership? What do you think leadership is? And I could go up to a whiteboard and people would just say the things coming to top of mind. I would, I could go on for pages and pages. If it was a flip chart or on a whiteboard, I'd fill it up. There wouldn't be any space left. Hundreds of attributes. But we want to keep this discussion really narrow to pull back the, the veil of, of my idea, these substantive foundational underpinnings of what I believe is an evolutionary and humanitarian leadership. So the first is don't lead others directly. Lead by example instead. Lead yourself with the utmost integrity, authenticity, and transparency as if everyone is watching even when no one is. So you own your actions in the public domain, so to speak. And you're literally practicing the mantra, how I do one thing is how I do everything. This is not necessarily easy because the lazy approach is to hide, to not own up to or own what you have said and done, to take the lazy way out and let someone else make the decision, to not take responsibility for. Attached to this, second to this, also supportive of this, is the idea, give people an evolving philosophy. So not just a static philosophy, but an evolving philosophy. As human beings, we are growing, we are changing, we are thinking, we are developing. The world around us is changing with technology and new insights and who knows what else. So we need to evolve our approach to deal with this rapidly changing society and the ways in which we try and approach and understand and influence or change and improve it. So give people better ways to think and ways to think more critically and to take complete ownership for what they say and what they do. Help people think in a way for the betterment of all humanity, not for just themselves, and to create a transformational, evolutionary change that impacts the world. This can be the influence on one person, your family, your friends, your neighbors, the group that you are a part of that works for trans rights, that works for climate change, that works for whatever. Now, the way of this queer leadership that I'm, I'm discussing and not laying down concrete stepping stones because it really does require a deeper development and a digging before we can get to the things that are really going to substantiate this path. Queer leadership is never a straight path. 
And that's the nature of being queer that I talked about in episode 99. It's this odd, different, standing apart from, um, awkward, bent. Now, we could go out into the literature or on Amazon and, and, you know, review thousands of books on leadership. And we could come to a consensus as a group of people and say, well, these are the top 10 books on leadership. Whatever reasons or, or, or uh, ways in which we try and make that determination. And then we could curate a list for the top 10 books as recommended by the top 10 leaders that we would designate in the world. And we would always still have the space to develop a new path of leadership, a way to queer leadership, a way to look at what isn't working and what is working. See, I don't think what I'm proposing is a singular path, which is what I mean by it's not a straight path. It brings in many different variables that will also require many different individuals to play a part. As I've mentioned, and you know, there are so many qualities of leading and so many characteristics that make a great leader, that person we look up to and admire. So what if we choose the path of influence through our insights and unique gifts and perspectives as LGBTQ people for the capacity to think queerly and to lead the status quo in thinking outside the narrow confines of how they think they're supposed to think This is one of the biggest challenges, I believe, with the status quo in the world today is is people don't know how to think for themselves or are potentially afraid of asking a question that would appear like a challenge to what they've never questioned and always just existed within as a structure because they haven't even gone that next step to question why they exist within this box. So if if we consider the qualities of a great leader through the lens of aspiring to leadership qualities alone, including the confluence of several qualities at one time, what does individual leadership look like when someone embraces their uniqueness, their insights, their perspectives on the world, and their and, and they lead by example from that place? What does that kind of leadership look like when we embrace our queerness, when we dissect it, when we understand it, when we think critically about it, when we go back to that question, how do we think outside of the box in which we've been shaped to think? So I mentioned earlier the challenges of being the individual leader. What if we surrendered the need to follow the leader? It's an easy thing to do as human beings, right? It subsumes, it it alleviates our need to take complete control of our actions and to make sometimes the hard decisions. Now, can you imagine Canada or the United States led by a group of leaders or a group that works together to speak as a unified whole, 
instead of a single person claiming the title of president or prime minister. A collective instead of a single leader. And that might seem too far-fetched or too difficult to imagine such a structural change to the governments and societies that we see today, that we've grown up with, that are part of the status quo, that we just can't imagine how the complexity of the system as it exists now could work in some other way. You can hear the naysayers using words like, oh, that's just a totally leftist, liberal, and socialist approach of looking at things, as if those labels themselves indicate something inherently immoral or stupid or wrong, when in fact the people making those kinds of statements aren't willing to ask the questions about how they are stuck in this status quo idea and structure in the first place. This is the queering of leadership and of the status quo. What if there were no more presidential veto? Can you imagine? Seriously, one person in the entire country can kill a bill. That to me is the most stupid thing that a country has ever come up with. If you're not offended by the idea that one person in a country of over 250 million people gets to make the final decision, you are very trapped in a status quo mentality. And that one decision is so harmful to a society progressing and dangerous. Imagine if we no longer elected a single representative or a single political ideology based on the charisma of the person. What if we led ourselves from a group of people who must work together to lead by consensus, not in the way we see things function in parliamentary or, or the House and what they call debate, which is really just talking over each other. No, this group would need to be diverse and representative of the society it seeks to lead. And what if this group were not comprised of politicians, but instead it was like a rotating group of citizens with a mandate that would potentially, hopefully, limit corruption through the diversity of the group alone, through the representation of the individuals in society at large? It would control prejudice against Again, through that honest representation of society, a fair and honest representation. And this type of leadership is called sortition. And Brett Hennig details this in his book, The End of Politicians, Time for Real Democracy. To quote him, he suggests that there is a way we can fix democracy by eliminating politicians and replacing them with a representative network of everyday citizens. A wealth of recent evidence has shown that groups of randomly selected ordinary people can and do make balanced, informed, and trusted decisions. These citizens' assemblies are legitimate, accountable, competent, and, above all, convincing demonstrations that we can govern ourselves, end quote. 
That's what I'm seeing as a queer person, this lack of governing ourselves. And this, for me, is one of the queerest approaches to governance that I've ever heard or read, one that I will come back to later as I connect this web of ideas, this cloud of ideas that gives shape to a queer leadership, to a new way forward for LGBTQ people where our difference makes a difference in the world. Are you a deep thinker? Well, if you're anything like me, you probably lead a deeply examined life. Maybe you're a writer or an academic, someone who's paid for their smarts, and you want to make the world a better place, and you have the ideas to do so. You know, you're probably an introvert, lifelong learner, you observe the world, you're intuitive, you read between the lines. Small talk is something you really don't like to do. You're the kind of person who, when you're at a party, you probably gravitate to one person with whom you can have a really good, deep conversation with. But the dark side is that when things don't go your way, you feel like something's wrong with you. You feel like a failure, you shut down. Maybe you berate yourself, you feel stupid, you turn into a perfectionist, maybe you start to doubt your abilities. You might even become defensive when you feel disrespected or not validated for your thoughts, ideas, and insights. Well, my role as a coach is to help LGBTQ people recognize that their difference makes a difference in the world. And if you want to talk more about how you can get your message out, how you can get your creative idea or project off the ground, then head on over to darrensteel.com and go to the Work With Me page and go to the Thought Leadership Coaching option. Just hit the Discovery Session button, fill out a few questions, and we'll set up a time to chat and take it from there.